This is Music Mentality with Angie. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host Angie, and on today's episode we have Lemmy. Lemmy is somewhat near the beginning of his music-making journey, but even so, he has made so many steps forward with this passion. In this episode, we talk about his experience in high school and the difference between high school and university, anger management and how it hurts not only those around us, but ourselves too, drug abuse, psychosis, and what we learn from our challenges. We then move on to discussing solitude and turning to music as a way to turn inwards, but contrasting that with making sure that music is not used as a means to escape life all the time. Lemmy's passion for music resonates through his resilience to get back up and try again, approaching his style in so many different ways throughout so many different experiences. You can find Lemmy's music on most streaming platforms, including Spotify, by searching his name the way that you see it in this episode. Enjoy! Yeah, no, I uh, I specialized in school, high school. Ah, high school, nice. Yeah. Well, tell me about that. Let's dive right in. First all of right. all, do you prefer that I call you Lemmy? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but with the whole school thing, to go back to your question, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, looking back, it went by a lot quicker than I thought, you know, like when you're when you're in the middle of the high school you're like this shit sucks like this is going on for too long and then you get to like where i'm at now where i literally have like a week and a half left i have another three days looking back now it's something else how fast that time went oh yeah. you're like fuck four years already jesus christ yeah, it like, it honestly does fly by extremely yeah. fast. But also, um, my friend and I were walking today. We were actually taking graduation pictures today for my university graduation. That's awesome. And um, we were like talking about how difficult high school life actually is. Like university is just so many different people. You find your mm-hmm. people. If you don't go to university, you go to college. If you don't go to college, you know, you go into the workforce and, you know, you figure it out. You're kind of yeah. like free to do whatever you want. But in high school, it's crazy. You're, you're in school for eight hours, back-to-back classes, same thing every single day on repeat with like an hour break. And that's like tedious. That's kind of crazy to think about that. Like yeah. you're stuck in school every single day doing the same well, thing over and over with no choice. Well, in, in university, you probably can, you know, on your on your little lunch and well, you guys have more time. 
<laughs> um, well, there's a lot of time. I mean, in university, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, some days you wouldn't even have classes depending on how you make your schedule. Um, yeah. So it's all over the place. But that being said, tell me about your high school experience and like how music played a role in that because you have somewhat of a turbulent history in high school. Man, well, you know, the first year was all right. It was really chill, actually. Like, you know, I had my little friend group and I was just kind of keeping to myself. But there was like those couple instances where I was like, well, someone's going to slap the fuck out of me. Like, you know, like you have like those kind of those days where like someone's just, I guess, not having a good day or whatever's going on. And then you're like, well, if there's a fight that it's it's going to happen today. And luckily, like I haven't had too many of those. Hey, a lot of people have trouble controlling their anger at times. It's that's true. Really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive more into that because anger is such an interesting emotion. I mean, like people call it an ugly emotion, right? It's not one that people want to experience, but at the same time, it's such a necessary emotion. It's something that we really grow from. But the thing about having anger management issues is that people don't often talk about what it means for the person who has those anger management issues Mm -hmm. how do you cope with that like how does it feel physically because I've had my fair share of anger management problems when I was in high school as well yeah and um you know it's very evident who you hurt and like the relationships between you and other people Mm -hmm. but the relationship you have with yourself in those moments of like pure anger over something small is also one that isn't really discussed. So what do you have to say in terms of that? Well, for one, I think it's perfect that you're bringing that up right after the uh, the other question, because that's one thing that played a big role in like the kind of turbulentness, if that makes sense, in my high school experience, because a lot of the times like people would piss me off and then it was it's I'm just, like people like to start shit for no reason. Then I get mad and and now I'm getting dragged into, into some shit because motherfuckers, you know how you know how high school is like people just like to talk. Right. And then they, they start up some shit because they're bored and then homeboy gets dragged into it. And and who's homeboy? Me. I'm homeboy. Right. And now now I'm in the middle of a giant ass argument between like four fucking people and I, I get mad. So it's like now I'm just like ready to slap everyone. You know, what I mean? I'm just like fucking bastards like why why do i always like there's there's a falling out in the friend group earlier this year i get dragged in the middle of it well well, i I don't remember what the fuck it was about it was so childish i actually made myself forget but it was just something along the lines of like Mm, did you make yourself forget or did your brain decide to forget as a coping mechanism no i was sitting there i was like honestly this is some dumbass shit and i'm just gonna forget it i was like i'm over it some weird circulation of someone talking shit and then it got to the person who was being talked shit about and now here i am because apparently i'm the one who spread the word like no so i get mad and then i have to figure out a way to not punch people or a way to not slap you know like just like get mad in general you know what i mean because like my brain just i get mad i'm just it's oh fuck you know it's one of those yeah i gotta count to 20 and then i just gotta walk away Counting to 20. That's a really good way. That's that's what I learned in high school, man, throughout the, the whole turbulence is count to 20 and walk the fuck away, because otherwise you, you, the you know, the outcome may not be so pretty. 
when it comes to anger problems um, or anger issues, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with your anger, we often feel angry when we are feeling attacked, when we're feeling misunderstood, when yeah. our expectations go wrong, and when there's typically 99% of the time miscommunication or misunderstanding, mm-hmm. which often fall hand in hand. But when we're dealing with anger problems, you know, we get mad over the things that we wouldn't normally think we would get mad at. And it's typically because we're reacting to something else that previously happened. And when I say previously, it could be as early as, you know, last week or last year or like 12 years ago. It doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It's just like something that's been kind of sitting within you and then finds a moment to finally be let out. Um, So I don't know about you, but in my experience with anger, it feels painful. Like it's genuinely painful in my chest. And it's like, when I'm holding back that anger, that pain is even worse. And it's like, I just want to let that anger go, but I rationally know it's not a good moment to let it go. Right. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to trying to be understood for something that you're getting angry about something that's small, quote unquote, do you try to explain your feelings or do you kind of just let it go and, you know, accept the fact that not everyone might be able to understand you? Well, for certain things, I, I explain it to certain people because I know that they'd understand like my buddy, Gavin, like he's pretty much like a brother, like literally the brother I've never had or like my buddy Hayden Doucette. So like I'll explain shit to them and they get it. You know what I mean? Like we're on like the same wavelengths, but then there's other people where I'm just like, if I, if I tell them how I really feel, they're just not going to get it, you know? Mm, and uh, yeah, man, it's just like, cause like I, I'll get mad and then I'll say some shit. And then it's like, I look back and then I'm like, man, I really shouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? Or it's like mm-hmm. my, my, my mind, like I, I, like I'm not one to like always go around and like start picking fights and like start kicking the shit out of people you know what i mean like but my mind goes there when i get mad like i don't know why but like my anger is just that bad where it's just like and let's just punch a motherfucker but i'm just like wait no let's not because there's some consequences right so it's it's always that that shit that keeps me behind from doing that and then you said you don't know why but i want to kind of pick that i want to understand why does your mind go there why do you, you know, like, do you feel the need to defend yourself physically when you're emotionally or mentally hurt? Do you think that's where it comes from? Not, no, not really. I think it's just like, sometimes if I get mad enough, maybe like fight or flight mode kind of might kick in in a sense where it's just like, mm-hmm. I get so fucking heated. And then it's just like, you said it hurts in your chest for me. My, my, like, I just want to jump out of my own body and you know? I'm just like, fuck, come on. And then like, you know, so. Yeah. But I really, I don't like, I can't quite explain it other than, than that. So, um, you said you started off with rap. Yeah. Do you think that your anger played a role in your rap music or your current music? Like, is that how you express yourself in those moments of like frustration? More the current music, because with the whole rap thing, I was like in seventh grade and like half fucking depressed. (laughs) And I was like, I like little peeps. So I'm just, you know, and then Little Skies came out and fucking X and all them. So I was like, all right, like, this is like a good, like, these guys are actually like pretty good. You know what I mean? It's not like Little Pump, like just like fucking Gucci gang over and over again. So I was kind of like aiming for that, but there was no anger involved really. Although I did like the heavier stuff, but now that I make 
more like punk and grunge and and heavy metal and and all that kind of shit it's uh it's a lot easier to kind of get that anger out through that now compared to Mm. before because before it was like slower like softer kind of melodies and now i'm just fucking screaming Mm. (laughs) just like the screaming does actually help a lot i mean oh yeah some really angry music sometimes and it makes Mm -hmm. you feel like you know like you're understood you know other yeah. people feel that way as well so it definitely that's what's great sense. about music and that's how you get a connection to an artist as well as yeah. that they'll they'll it's like you listen to a song and you're like the fucker wrote about me and he doesn't even know it like you know what i mean like you you, you read the lyrics you're like man i'm living that hell yeah um so. which reminds me so your sound has clearly changed so much throughout your experience you know like you started with rap and now you're into like more punk and stuff you said that you um well you mentioned to me earlier that you found your sound did you kind of because I'm still evolving but Mm. I know but I know what I want like mentally I had I have found the sound I just need to find a way to get there but I, I I hear it, man. Like now, is I there can... a there though? Because I don't think there's really a destination in music. I don't even think there's a location in music. Just Maybe like... not in music, but I'll tell you what. I know where the sound is gonna go and how it's gonna sound in a couple of years from now, and yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Because I I just there's so much different music that I like that I feel like like some of it is mainstream and some of it is really underground. By example, a band called Earwig. Uh, not many people have heard of them at all, actually. If, if fuck, if if someone out there is is <laughs> watching and they've heard of Earwig, they you, you know the song Drag, and and Nineteen and Dress. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. I like you, man. You're good. <laughs> but um, shit. Like, I want to mix everything, but there's a way that I want it to sound to where you're like fuck it's so original you can't really tell what the influence is because it's just like so much and it's such it's so out there you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like when you're thinking of the next steps in music sure you can think of the next steps i wouldn't say it's a destination but where you are now is also a very great destination i mean like you you've come so far within just a year yeah yeah if have you have you checked out the um suicidal dream ep um that's yeah, the one that's I, on youtube that was the first one that i had dropped i checked out your soundcloud stuff okay so if if you go on youtube and you check out the uh suicidal dream ep you get to hear my my very first single which is all right is, not, it, is that what it's called or are you no no no, it's, no, just no right? it, it's just all right you, you but you see the evolution though you go from the that to the music the is so subjective and, like it's all right for you, but I bet you there's someone out there who thinks that that is the best piece of music that you own. Maybe, but yeah. for me, for me, it's about kind of like the lyrics that I had wrote. And if I think they'll hold the test of time, because that's what I want to make. I want to make timeless music. I want it to hold the test of time the same way that when you listen to a Led Zeppelin song from 50 years ago, <laughs> it still holds up. You're like, what the fuck? Like, this is better than half of the shit that's on the radio right now. Like some of it is still good, but there's a lot of music that you're just like, we could replace this with some, with, with some songs from 50 years ago. Like, why don't we just do it? So for <laughs> me, it's, it's like, 
when I look back at some of the lyrics I've written sometimes, I'm like, fuck, I wish I would have just spent like another week working on that. Like just just so that way there, like I could be more content with it. And it's mm-hmm. less embarrassing when someone else hears it and they're like, really, that this is what you dropped. And I'm like, this is the first fucking project. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, that's the worst. When people like start criticizing you right away and you're like, damn, yeah. I'm just like, I'm still in my learning stages. Yeah. And like, again, even in your learning stages, you've already done more than most people can say that they've done. I mean, some people never even start. They just dream, right? But circling back to anger and music. So you said that you have problems with your anger and, you know, it's difficult to deal with it sometimes. Do you find that you feel those ways often? Not anymore. Well, I do. Obviously, I do. But now a lot less than ever, Mm because like I said, like I'm just emotionally open now. It's just really cool because now I could kind of control it better, like kind of save it. You know what I mean? Like I kind of just like, all right, hold on, let me just hold back a little bit, you know, pump the brakes, save that for tonight when I when I get the fucking paper and pen out or I, I pull the phone out and I start writing compared to before where I just snap on a teacher. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. that's how it was for me so far in high school was the last this year was really chill. And then 11th grade was well, that's when I got jumped, but it was still pretty chill. Like it wasn't too bad, like with the teachers. And then 10th grade, I was a fucking dickhead. And ninth grade, I was a, I was a, I was a dickhead again. But that was like my my little like kind of like fuck the world phase, if that's how you want to call it, because that's when my mom had just gotten cancer. So that's when I would just rebel, act out. If I was mad, I'd react. Now I kind of know how to cope with my shit a little bit better. And it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit less overwhelming. So I could just, like I said, kind of pump the brakes a little bit, save mm-hmm. the anger for when I'm going to need it, which is when I'm writing and yeah. screaming. So one thing that people often don't really consider when it comes to anger is that anger has five different phases. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this or not. I've heard but of this. Yeah. So you get triggered. Your mm-hmm. feelings escalate. You're in crisis mode. That's peak. Find resolution. Um, and depression. So the come down. So, and this goes with any feeling, but right now we're just focusing on anger when you're super, super high. That's why also mania, like being manic, like extremely Mm -hmm. happy, quote unquote, is also not really the best place to be because the come down is so difficult. Like when I get high and and, and then I come down from that high, I'm not feeling that great. So like amplify that times, you know, 20. Yeah. Um, with anger, when you're coming down from that, you face quite literally the phase is called depression. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you keep on putting your body through that over and over and over again, you end up having depression because you're not understanding that your emotions are literally constantly going out of this window and they're going from high to low to high to low again. So, um, that is one of the most difficult things to cope with. So when you're constantly angry, I can only imagine that you're going through a lot of anxiety and depression too. Trying to control those feelings. Explain myself. You told (laughs) me something about myself. I didn't even know. Holy shit. You're good at what you do. Are you the feds? Uh, Thank you. Are you the feds? Or are you just a really good journalist? uh, (laughs) I am a psych graduate now officially. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you um yeah so I can imagine that must have been really difficult plus combining your situation with your mother which I'd love to hear more about and you know what's going on now if that's something that you're comfortable with sharing oh fuck yeah she's she's doing way better now she's this is the probably the best state that she's been in within the past four years 
Oh my God, it's amazing. That's really, I'm really glad to hear that. That must be really a lot easier on you now because, you know, you don't have that external stressor at the back of your mind being like, oh my God, you know, family. Yeah. No, uh, last summer was a bit of a scary one because that's when she had to go for like a a surgery to get a tumor removed from her brainstem. Luckily, it was at the spot that wasn't like hard to get to where it would have been a challenging it was like on the outside i think kind of thing you know i i don't know these fucking terms okay like, <laughs> so she went in for that that was scary as fuck thank god i was i i, I had my ex at the time because she she helped me through that you know what i mean because that was stressful and i was like i just i need someone i remember i had went over there and it was just like instant stress reliever mm-hmm. so yeah she broke so- me but shout out to her well listen the people who break us are often the people who help us as well i mean that's why they were in our lives at certain points right like sure it hurts when they leave and it hurts when Mm -hmm. they hurt us but there's a reason that they were in our lives and we wanted to keep them in our lives yeah um regardless of what that might be like for a lot of people it might be codependence for a lot of people it might be like love it can be friendship it can be so many different things that we keep people around despite them hurting us as soon as i seen like all right like this is just this is done i was like all right clear my mind go find something else to do here Oh, Luckily, you're clearly I, I good like, at walking away then. That's like a huge skill to have, being able to walk away. I try. Couch 20. <laughs> well, well, when you don't like people, and then the one person that you did like kind of fucks you over, you're like, you know what? I, I just don't fucking care anymore. So it's just even easier for me to walk away because I don't care anymore. Like, you know, just fuck this. Like, I'm out of here. Yeah. What's well, the point? They give you a reason to stop caring. Oh, stop exactly. Caring. And I had a reason probably uh, two months into the relationship. And I about two months in, I was like, you know what? I know this is going to be a fucking train wreck. But you want to know how loyal I am? I done stayed for the train wreck. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Th- this was how delusional my thinking was. I was like, I'm going to be so fucking loyal. I'm going to stay here till the fucking end. And that's what the fuck she's going to remember me for. Probably not. She's going to probably <laughs> remember me for through her fucking Snapchat memories or I don't know what the fuck. But that's what I was thinking then. You know what I mean? And that fucked me up because... I was the relationship was three months and then uh, getting over the breakup lasted probably double the time, if not a little bit more. You know what I mean? Because, well, that was the first actual relationship that I had been in. And even though it was so short, she had helped me through like that time where my mom was out of town getting the brain surgery and Mm -hmm. that kind of shit. So then for that to, to just crumble the way that it did kind of really fucked me up but at the same time looking back now if uh if i ever get the chance i'm i want to thank her for that because that was a good fucking time and although it did fucking break me in more ways than one i you know it's uh it was worth it and i learned a lot so oh yeah i want to thank her for that that's a very beautiful sentiment to be able to thank the people who are no longer in our lives. I think that's really, really great. You went through a lot with this person. This person has showed you so much. Obviously, it's going to be fucking hard to get over a person, yeah. regardless of three months, six months, three, three years, 30 years, whatever. It's difficult, especially especially when it's your first time with your heart being invested. That shit is hard. Vulnerability sure. is fucking hard. Yeah. So 
feel what you got to feel. Um, so throughout all of this, I also would love to dive into your psychosis. Oh boy, here we go. That's a fun yeah, one. That is um, a can of worms that I do want to open if that, you're all right one. with it. We talk about it a bit, but it's just, I don't even really fucking know what happened there. I mean, I kind of have an idea, but like, I can't give you like perfect, like, so this is what happened and this is why. And like, you know what I mean? But we could talk about it a little bit for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, down. when did it start? You know, what was your experience? What induced it? Like, I just, whatever details you're comfortable with sharing, I would love to hear. I just don't want to push too hard either. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I was in, fuck, was it 10th grade? It was 10th grade. Was the first or this? No, it was, it was the first semester. Yeah. And uh, I had fucking, you know, was doing my thing, smoking a load of fucking weed all the time. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Cause then you end up like me and, and it's just, We'll get into it and you'll see why you don't want to fucking get into that at a young age, right? When you're 18, think about it. Like, you know, because at that point, your brain's more developed, right? So it's like to the kids out there, but wait till you're a little bit older. But uh, I was in like 10th grade. So you're like, what, 15, 16? And uh, I fucking went to go to bed one night. And then I, I can't remember if I had heard a voice or if I had heard some kind of fucking noise, like a car door closing. But I know damn well it wasn't a part of the Nine Club podcast because I watch that shit every fucking night. <laughs> and I know damn well that there's not nothing to do with car doors closing. And the voice that I had heard was not Raj, was not Chris, Jerron. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. 
Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Steezy, Kelly, none of those fucking guys on the podcast, okay? Like there was, so it's like, hmm. It's a bit fucky in it, you know what I mean? And then I was, well, it was more. I was, I was freaking the fuck out. <laughs> but I was like, that's a bit fucky. Like you know, looking back, it's like, yeah. So wake up the next day, and then I was like, kind of confident. I was like, I was just tripping. I'm all right. I was like, fuck it. Like it's nothing, right? And then uh, a couple of days went by. It was all right. And then I think it was like on like a Friday night, and then it happened again, but like worse. And then I was like, okay something's wrong here like this isn't this isn't fucking cool man and uh i ended up fucking i remember i took a tolerance break after the end of the year and then that stopped it so it was first semester that happened and then the episode lasted out till about halfway till summer and then i had stopped smoking and it was still happening and then it had kind of stopped a bit, I think. If I so remember. did other people know what you were going through in this moment? Some people, not not a lot though. But okay. a couple of my friends, like the people I had trusted, uh, told them. But then you, you, I just didn't want that shit going around because I, I was like, people are going to think I'm a fucking loony. They're going to be like, oh yeah, he's, he's a psycho with the fucking, I was like, I'm just saying, fuck that. Yeah, I, I don't want to be known as the kid who fucking, you know. And it's, it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just I didn't feel comfortable with that being out there at the time. Now, well, I don't, listen, I don't there's really. There's still a stigma, right? Especially yeah. at that time, there's still, everything was stigmatized. So mm-hmm. it's understandable mm-hmm. how you're feeling. So uh took my little tea break. And then that's the thing that was weird is that it only happened through weed. But I guess it's because the shit was probably super strong. And then I was super young. And I had started really young, too. I was like 12 years old the first time. So don't do that it's not a good idea kids fucking (laughs) uh man you know but you live and you learn though and then uh it started happening again a little bit on and off throughout 11th grade so like at the end of 10th grade happened tea break during the summer come back for 11th grade start smoking again everything's fine and then towards maybe halfway or towards the end of 11th grade it started happening again so was it just minor hallucinations not just but was it minor hallucinations or was it um something more noticeable was it something that affected your relationships with other people your relationship with yourself because i i was going through a lot of anxiety at that point and then uh i had kind of you know that that affects you in a certain way or at least it did for me to where i couldn't kind of function like calmly like I was like always on edge because of it so I was kind of always mad and then that yeah so yeah definitely affected relationships with people for sure and the relationship with myself well what was left of it was fucking gone (laughs) so you know there goes that but now now everything's going really good I mean I'm smoking again and there's no nothing wrong but then again I'm being a lot more careful about it like I'm not like 
going full fucking balls to the walls like I was, right? Like, I'm kind of just like, eh, if I can smoke a little bit here, and then I smoke a little bit there. Well, but I'm shit. Not- That's hard, though. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. When I was 18, 19, 20, I was like, shit, I hardly remember those years. It's like constantly partying, depending on your friends, depending yeah. on your environment. You know, you're constantly surrounded by um, influences to drink or take drugs or whatever else and take more and more and more especially in my experience when i was 18 oh like, that's what i was all about was more and more and more and i still kind of am which is why i have to catch myself sometimes and kind of be a bit more disciplined about it mm, so you know in the face of all this well, it's not really a lot of pressure at all it's just me i want to smoke pot well yeah <laughs> like, when you're in that environment though and everyone's doing it and you're constantly partying and you're young of course of course you want to do it i want to do it I constantly want to do it but like it's difficult to talk yourself out of it especially when people can be fucking mean sometimes like, yeah yeah it's hard so what do you do i ignore people and i do my own thing i don't really care you could I had some kid on 420. He was like, you quit. And it's one of my buddies. And I found this hilarious. He's like, you quit smoking at the wrong time, buddy. So he's mm. like, you know what day it is today? I was like, yeah, you're getting high today because it's 420. I was like, but when I was smoking weed, buddy, 420 didn't come around once a year. It came around 200 or fucking 300, however many days there is in the year. 365, <laughs> bro. Like 420 was every day. So really, I left mm. when it was time for me to go. It was just funny to me because he... You know, like he was kind of trying to get me to like not really smoke again, but he was trying to say like you fucked up a little bit, like you should have waited. But it was like no, because I quit when I knew I had to stop because I realized I had a problem. After three years of somehow, some way, miraculously not noticing, I had a fucking problem. So I mean, I feel like again, we notice this shit just like not on a conscious level, on a subconscious mm-hmm. level. And it's projected through our relationships, through our, you know, drug abuse, through our music, through our escapism, through our eating habits. It, you know, it projects itself through so many different ways um, just to avoid facing the fact that we have this problem because the problem is with the thing that makes you feel so good. The thing yeah. that makes you feel so good also makes you feel so bad. And that is just yeah. so shitty can't remember who said it but someone had a perfect quote on it i think it might have been uh rogan he had said something along the lines of uh the thing is with drugs is that now this is along the lines okay i read him between the lines so he said some shit along (laughs) the lines of uh he's like i'll give you he's like basically a drug what it is is it's i'll give you a good time but i'll fucking poison you at the same time you know you know what i mean like i'll like you'll have fun but I'll poison you, 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 yeah. you, you little fucker kind of thing. So you kind of, I like weed. Weed's all I need. You know, like, it's just, I'm not fucking, I don't want to fucking be strung out and doing heroin like half this town is. Cause I see how that, I, I don't know. I just see the consequences of that through just my town. Cause there's currently a big opiate cloud, you know, kind of going over the town, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Man, so it's just I, you know, I burn, I burn my God-given herbs, and then I kind of just chill the fuck out. 
there's just, a reason there's a crisis, right? Yeah. There's a reason so many people turn to drugs to deal with so many so much shit. This mm-hmm. fucking life sucks sometimes. So it makes sense to turn to drugs and alcohol to deal with that shit. So for sure. Good for you for sticking with just weed. Was it difficult to start smoking weed again, to come back to it, to um oh i got fucking annihilated so it was it was fun but it was hard because i was like i gotta be careful now like i can't you know what i mean my buddies used to be like you take so many big tokes and now it's just like i'll smoke like three hits out of the pipe and honestly it's time to put it down man but it's been about two three weeks yeah two weeks and my tolerance has come back very quick so as Mm -hmm. to where before it was like a quarter like almost half a bowl in in the bong now it's like three quarter you know what i mean but it's like i gotta kind of divide the bowl into in two different hits but it it was it was easy for sure because it was just having fun again like there wasn't like that paranoia or that anxiety that i was feeling a month ago when i was quitting you know what i mean like it was just chill oh yeah it was just so coming back to the psychosis and music, mm-hmm. did you ever find yourself listening to music or writing music, playing music um, to, to cope with it? Or was this completely during your hiatus? You just like didn't want anything to do with music. Well, the hiatus was just a hiatus from making music. I was listening to music and figuring out like, do I still want to be a musician? If I do, what's the sound going to be? What am I going to do? And then I was also you know, I smoked one joint in ninth grade. Well, this is what I say. I say I smoked one joint in ninth grade. And then I started listening to Led Zeppelin all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the fucking switch came on off that one. So it was like going from Led Zeppelin to like punk and, and kind of going back to my grunge roots from like when I was in sixth grade discovering Nirvana, which was, that's when, that's the first time I felt, I realized how much I actually loved listening to music was when I discovered Nirvana in sixth grade. And, uh, just, yeah man i was that's that's what helped me get through it and exploring new music and finding new bands and the thing that was funny though is that i'd find a new band and then they'd have a a a song title that would look somewhat like psychosis or schizophrenia and then i wouldn't even listen to the song because of what i was going through i was like that's a scary thought like just fucking look away (laughs) i was so fucking i was like nope skip that song off the album and then i come back to it now and i'm just like fuck why did I skip it? <laughs> it's so good. I want the 10 hour loop of that song. And I never want that alpha song. You know, it's like, fuck me, man. Dude, sometimes we just don't want to feel things or we're not ready to feel certain things. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that you skipped it because I know I would skip it too. I was on the subway today listening to music. And all of a sudden I was like, just overcome with this like moment of depression. And I was like, damn, I should really change this song. <laughs> because you know but evanescence is just like hitting a certain part right now and yeah. i just like couldn't switch the song because i was like damn didn't know i was feeling those feelings right now yeah. so sometimes we're ready sometimes we're not sometimes we got to skip the song and it makes sense because music is such a powerful tool so in terms of you know everything you've gone through clearly you've been through a lot mm-hmm. and you had mentioned you know needing to be mature in certain situations growing up do you think that maturing too fast can be unhealthy maturing too fast can kind of do that to where 
it'll be an unhealthy change, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, good change too. like, so, like sometimes you mature very fast, like some people mature very fast in life and then it's a great change. And, you know, it's like an enlightenment. And then for others, it's just, it's, it was just all too quick and they can't handle that. So that, you know, it's just, I'm trying, I'm trying to translate my thoughts into words here. Like I have the picture <laughs> going in my head and I'm trying to fucking, but it doesn't want to. So I'm kind of like, fuck. A lot of the times maturing too fast can lead to hyper independence mm-hmm. and not being able to ask for help when you need it and not being able to face those darker feelings when you're feeling them. And that all goes into maturing too fast. And also you forget to be a kid. Mm-hmm. Fuck, everyone needs to be a kid. And all of a sudden, you know, that whole spiritual stuff, your inner child is wounded. Your inner inner teen is wounded. Yeah. And then you got to do even more maturing later on. So like, we're always maturing, you know, like three years from now, I'm going to be fucking different. I'm not going to be who I am today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be probably more mature, (laughs) but the thing is right now, the shit that I'm dealing with in my mind is dealing with the shit that I needed to deal with way back when I was a kid. And I was like focusing on maturing and being older. So, um, yeah, maturing too fast. It can be really, really scary. And you forget to be a kid and you forget to feel naive feelings i I put a quote on naive because you know feelings are feelings um so coming back to solitude and being on your own was it during covid that you decided to pick music back up again was there something that like triggered this desire to come back to music and express yourself through music i had caught the bug when i was in sixth grade and that's when i had really wanted to do it and then with the hiatus after ninth grade like i had done it in eighth grade a bit i'd went in the hiatus I didn't really want to make music during that hiatus. I just wanted to be a listener. And then when COVID came around, I was still the listener, but I was becoming more and more of a lover of music, like more so than I already was. And I was starting to realize a lot of what it meant for me and what it does for me. Right. And then it was actually last summer was when I had got back. So it was like kind of, in the midst of it not straight in the beginning and that was when i was in a relationship so it was with my ex and then i was just like mad one day i don't even know at what it definitely wasn't at her because we never really had any fights where i was fucking like heated at her or anything i was just mad at some dumb shit and i was like i'm just I'm, i'll try to write so i wrote and then uh, i had found the new metal beat that i had used for that single and then uh, I was like, oh, wait, no, this is really good. So I scrapped what I was already writing and then I restarted and then there it was. You know what I mean? So technically it kind of was in isolation because I wasn't really hanging out with too many people because I was always with her. That's that's the only person I wanted to be with. You know, I was like, fuck this. Like th- th- This is the only person that I really need to be around. Like it's like my other half. Right. So a really sweet way to put it clearly you know these feelings of anger and vulnerability is exactly what you know picked your music career back up but you mentioned being a listener and being a listener is so important and it's a skill that literally not no one knows how to listen literally oprah knows how to listen that's it yeah (laughs) Um, it's difficult to be a listener and it's something that i just started practicing oh my god i just started practicing being a listener like (laughs) two years ago i know right um yeah, I started practicing being a good listener like two years ago because I realized that sometimes we 
tend to talk more than listen. And that really robs us of our opportunity to learn from the people around us. So it's really, really great that you took a step back to just understand music, understand Mm -hmm. how other people make it, where they come from, and then apply everything you've learned to your own career. I think that's like really, really beautiful. Yeah. I was just kind of, I was doing that without even really noticing that I was doing that. I was just like, I just want to listen and I want to figure out what I want to listen to, I guess, for the rest of my life, because I had always heard this thing where like you hit 16, 17, and then you kind of tend to stick to that kind of music for the rest of your life. And I was like, I'll be damned if I'm stuck listening to some shitty music for the rest (laughs) of my life, because I caught the bug for it when I was 16. So I was like, let me figure out what's good. So I just started listening to everything. And then I was like, whichever one just fucking sticks is the one that sticks. And so far, punk and like alternative 90s is kind of what stuck like i mean then again there's like 18 different subgenres in 90s alternative like there's grunge and fucking ska and this and that <laughs> i mean like the broad version you know, like like i'll go from like nirvana to stone temple pilots to oasis like you know what i mean so it's just i really like that and i really like punk mm-hmm. so like you know it it was like understanding those and then getting into figuring it out but I had also I was going through my metal phase right so I was figuring out metal I already had the idea for punk before I even really started making music I was like I already know like I want to do this a year before I even started making music I was listening to Misfits and literally telling myself on the school bus every day going fuck (laughs) <laughs> I really want to be Glenn Danzig, like just belting it all out right now. Like that's where my mind was. Like I just, I, I wish I could just go up to a mic and belt it all out the way that Glenn Danzig is is doing it right now. Because holy shit, like I, I would be relieved of all of my turmoil. Mm-hmm. And then a year I later, I'm listening to metal music, and I, you know, I did my little thing. But it was cool though, because like by that point, I had already dissected it. I was like, okay, like I know kind of how I'm going to write these lyrics you know what I mean like I I have my idea that's awesome yeah I mean you're speaking to someone whose favorite genre is punk so Mm -hmm. I feel you on that one coming back to music Mm -hmm. um using music as a form of escape oftentimes you know sleeping too much going to the gym for like super long hours binge watching tv like all these things are forms of escape including writing music and Mm -hmm. running away into music and to a certain point escaping isn't healthy right because you're fully escaping so at what point do you think and it fucked me you know what i mean there it is yeah explain well that's what the psychosis was is that i had you know my mom was she she had just gotten diagnosed with cancer and then i was smoking Mm. weed to run away from that Mm. and then uh well it was just too much and then because my brain wasn't developed yet that fucking fiasco happened I don't even know if it's really what it was so like for the people out there that not that there's uh, well there might be a couple of them but like you know this isn't like a this isn't fucking Joe Rogan podcast so I'm not like expecting like 18 doctors to hit my dms and being like I do this for the past 30 years and let me tell you something it's not psycho but like for the people out there that know I don't So forgive me because I don't like, I just, I know what I went through, but I don't know what the fuck it is in medical terms. Right. So it's like, that's, it's not good to escape. 
in my opinion, because I tried and look at what the fuck happened. I ended up with that psychosis shit. Really, what you should probably do is just face your problems. And that's what I learned. What about when it comes to music, for example, when you're facing your problems and you're writing music and you're using music as a form of escaping and then you end up overdoing it and, you know, you're locked in your room constantly writing music and nothing else and listening to music and you're not going out anymore or anything. You know, it seems like a healthier way of escaping because you're not falling into drugs or alcohol exactly. or anything like too detrimental to your physical self, but can that be unhealthy? Like, is there a line with even things like writing music as a form of escape? I mean, yeah, but it depends on like how you look at it, because for me, I can't force myself to sit down. I mean, I can, like I force myself to sit down and write sometimes because like it, it, it just it has to get done. Like, I don't force myself for like four fucking hours to sit there and do nothing and just write. You know what I mean? Like I'm a spaz for the most part like I just have to get up and fucking go I don't know why but it's just like get up and go because I like it's either I'm gonna sleep or I'm gonna go because if I stop and I sit down I get tired and then I end up passing the fuck out so I just have to do shit if I get bored of like writing a song well then I'll go walk the dog or ride the fucking bike and then if I'm bored of that Mm -hmm. well then I'll go swimming or skateboarding and then when I'm bored of that I go back to writing or you know fucking playing video games for a couple hours so it's just I have my couple different like happy places that I could go to that kind of helped me take a step back. And then I could kind of go back to the reality of shit for a little bit and kind of have a clearer view on it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's kind of just about stepping away for a little bit and finding a clearer view on what you're going through. Cause when you step away, you kind of, it when you come back to it after stepping away with what I'm trying to say, you kind of have that clearer perspective because you're not as heated mm-hmm. about it or you're not as stressed. So it's kind of easier so to when do you it. know, though, when do you know at what point you should be stepping away? So, for example, with your psychosis experience, I mean, it took what two, three years, you said to really understand that, hey, this is because of this. Pretty much. Yeah. It, it took uh, well for me to realize that I had a problem with like kind of, I guess, weed dependency, as they call it. It took two or three years, but I had knew that that psychosis came from the weed for sure. So for me, it's when I kind of like it, it's it's a bit all too much. Like, you know, sometimes things just kind of get overwhelming. So that's when I kind of take my little step back. You know what I mean? Or like I just I kind of notice myself get a little lost in the sauce. I fucking realize it. And then I I'm like, OK, let's let's take a little break here. You know, let's take a couple days. Mm-hmm. And thanks to the psychosis issue and shit like that is where I had kind of learned that skill because mm. that whole fucking thing was too much. So now I kind of know when it's like starting to get to that point and it's easier for me to step back. Mm-hmm. It's it's familiar territory, right? Like I've lived yeah. in it for a couple, couple little while. So it's, yeah, this experience uh, has really taught you your boundaries, eh? Pretty much, yeah. That's really yeah. great. I mean, yeah. like, to be able to look back at a painful experience and be like, this is what I learned from it. That takes a certain degree of emotional intelligence. So mm-hmm. good for you for being able to recognize just how much you grew and what you learned from an experience that might have not been as welcoming as you would have wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially like you're already stressed out with high school and then you start hearing fucking voices in your head. You're like, kind of. Yeah, that shit's scary. That yeah. sounds really fucking scary. I tell people it's fun now, but it really wasn't. That's like my joke. Did you end up ever going to a doctor about it? No. 
Would you? Actually, maybe in the future if it ever like gets really bad. But uh, that's that's what I had told myself. I was like, if it ever gets to a point where it's really fucking bad, I'll go see a doctor. But if I could still fucking live and it doesn't like, by example, I learned to live with it and now I'm all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like now I'm not going through it anymore either, which is weird to me because I feel like some shit like that wouldn't just magically disappear the way it did for me. But fucking whatever. I'm not going to complain. Like, it's good that it's gone. Right. But like if it comes back and it's really fucking bad and instead of only hearing shit, I start seeing it. Well, then, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll go to a doctor. But for right now. I'm so, good. Can I ask why you decided not to in those three years? I just said no. I don't. I don't. I, I don't mean to give like a shitty answer, but I was just like, I'm. I'm good. I wanted to. I think I had told my mom. I was like, I think I might want to go, but I'm not sure. So I'll let you know. You know what I mean? And then I just ended yeah. up saying, "Fuck it, I'll be all right." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not a shitty answer. That's a valid answer. <laughs> okay. Well, with that being said, I'm gonna wrap up. I know that I can be a little like brain pokey. Um, so thank you for bearing with me, <laughs> but it was lovely chatting with you. Thank for you sure. so much for being here. Yes. Thanks for everything, man. This was, this was fun. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you're an artist and you've got a story to share with a passion for music, please do reach out. Whether you're just starting out or you've been in the music industry for years, I would love to hear your story. Follow me on Instagram through my handle at Music Mentality with Angie. Or email me at musicmentalitywithangie at gmail.com. Finally, a huge shout out and thank you to the amazing editor behind these episodes, Aileen Tamer. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.